Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to your Steeler Nation vidcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, Keith Stryker. And after a grueling weekend of draft coverage, I am back for the anal- an analysis show. Happy to have Joe DeLeon from the Believe Network jumping on the show here quickly. First, I just wanted to touch on a couple quick topics. First one, getting some inside news from our friend Dave Damashak, who was also on a previous Steeler Nation draft show. He shared with me that Ike Taylor, while on his show, told him Joey Porter Jr. will be swagging, wearing number 24 on his jersey. So I'm going to be happy to wear my 24 Taylor jersey into the stadium to support Joey Porter Jr., who is supporting Ike Swaggin University by taking his number to be number 24 for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. Thank you so much, Dave, from over there at the Minus 3 Podcast. Steeler Nation, be sure if you're not already watching the Minus 3 Podcast, you need to do so over there because Dave is not only fun, he's funny, and he's knowledgeable. Great Yenzer. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that inside info. Uh, Last thing I wanted to talk about quickly before we have Joe on the air. Shannon Sullivan just signed a one-year contract that was finalized today. That is the nickel cornerback that came through Philadelphia via Green Bay, three years, and then Minnesota the previous year. 5'11", 189, nickel cornerback. So far, last year, he had 60 tackles, two tackles for losses, five total career interceptions with a touchdown, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. So I'm expecting this guy to make some splash plays, hopefully, on Saturday or Sundays as well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ladies and gentlemen, Steeler Nation all over the world, I am so happy now to be able to introduce Joe Leone of the Believe Network and his podcast as well, the First Team Podcast. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Steelers draft. I uh, I was really impressed with what you guys did, so really excited to dive into it today. Awesome. Well, first give us just like a general overview of how the Steelers did, and then we can start jumping right into specifics and players. Yeah, I, I think that the, the key thing here was them moving up to sure up their offensive line. That was one of my concerns coming into this draft is if they could find the right positioning to get the last tackle available. It was a lot of wishful thinking to hope that one of those guys, whether it was Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones, was still on the board. And the rest of these tackles that went in the end of the first round and then early second, guys like Matt Bergeron and Anton Harrison, I think would have been significant reaches for where the Steelers were picking. So going up and getting Broderick Jones to me is a very significant move. You have a young quarterback who – has some limitations in the way that you're going to help a guy like that and improve the offense is bolstering the offensive line. But the thing that I love even more about getting Broderick Jones is that you went and got his teammate, who's the best blocking tight end in the class, who's been described as a extra offensive lineman. So you're getting Darnell Washington, who I think is going to be uh, an awesome instant impact. And I think uh, what other what also works well with, with, with Washington is that I feel as though, You don't need him to be the primary guy, and we don't know if he has the capability to be the primary guy. But him stepping in, playing alongside Pat Firemuth, I think is going to work really nicely. And then just the last bit here, the defensive players for me, I loved what they did by going and drafting Joey Porter Jr., a son of Joey Porter, former (laughs) Pittsburgh Steeler great, as well as well aware. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure you guys were all really juiced up about that, and I was pretty excited to to see that. a lot of oh, the was expecting to select Joey Porter Jr. in the first round, and he ended up falling to us in the second round. Yeah, and the timing of that was was great. And I, I honestly, had, even though I had Joey Porter as my second corner, I would have thought that taking him 
where the Steelers were drafting would have been a little bit aggressive of a move for him. Um, but I still think tremendous value for you, what you got for him, high upside, great arm length, very long corner. But the rest of those defensive players you guys got on day two, I think are going to you know, be very productive. Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, everybody fits exactly with what we know to be great Pittsburgh Steeler football players. And I, right. I think that there's going to be early success from all these guys. So now we've talked about Joey Porter Jr. One thing I wanted to mention about Joey Porter Jr. is a tweet that he just shared with Steeler Nation. Um, it's a tweet with him and his dad at draft day where he was visibly upset. The, the Ravens passed on him. He was expecting mm-hmm. to go to Baltimore. And his dad brought him in. They got it on film. Of course, he didn't even go day one. He was there dressed up ready to be drafted day one, did not get selected day one, which I think is one of the most difficult things mm-hmm. any college student has to go through on draft day. Uh, if you fall and fall out of the first round when you're expecting to go in the first, but Joey Porter used it as a teaching moment, told his son, use this pain as a motivator to make yourself better, a better player in the NFL and a meaner player and to show why they made a mistake. So if he's, Obviously, if he's speaking specifically about the Baltimore Ravens, he can show him twice a year why the Baltimore Ravens made a mistake. And I hope that's a motivating factor for him as a player. Yeah, and I think that what's very fitting about that is knowing that Joey Porter, his dad, was one of those types of guys that uh, always had a chip on his shoulder, was always easily motivated by things like this. And knowing that his son is going to be exactly like that, it's it's very fitting that he is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. And it also plays into his mentality. We know that Porter can be physical, can be a little grabby at times, but I think that that physicality again, fits the tone, the prototype that we know for uh, very, very successful players that have come in and out of this, the Steelers defense. Um, there's uh, miles is mentioning here about not only Washington's blocking, which we discussed, but his ability mm-hmm. to uh, be a, a, an intriguing receiver and a potentially a game breaking to see receiver with his, athleticism and some of the one-handed catches that he's making can you speak to about Washington as a receiver from the tight end spot yeah Washington is admittedly odd to truly project as a receiver because he really doesn't have much production and the reason why is because Brock Bowers is a freakish freakishly talented player at the college level we just don't see that level of production from college tight ends but Washington knew his role and he played his role very well. And I think that trying to project him to be a full-time, you know, 800-yard receiver, I don't know if he's ever going to reach that. But what we do know with him is that he is a great secondary option. But the other thing here with what was brought up in this question is that he does have an ability to be a good receiver, a jump ball threat. He's built like a a power forward. He -hmm. quite literally, and that's kind of a cliche that is brought up with tight ends and big receivers is you want a guy who's a power forward who boxes guys out, but he almost snatches the ball out of the air. Like it's an alley-oop. He's got big, massive hands. He did it at the combine. He did it uh, during his career at Georgia on film in a number of games. He's got it in his arsenal, but I think at the very least, if you get him as a, as one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, who catches a few touchdowns and makes a cute, a few key catches uh, in games, that's a huge impact for a third round pick for Darnell Washington. Nice. Um, there's also somebody else that was mentioning uh, one of our later round picks, one of our seventh round picks in Corey Trice Jr. Also, that was mentioned on former cornerback Brian McFadden. He tweeted out today Steelers are getting a third round talent in the seventh round. I know there was some injury concerns, had him drop down a bit. Uh, what do you know about? Uh, Corey Trice Jr. that the rest of the Steeler Nation should know about. Yeah, he was fantastic in college. And I think that what you just highlighted there is the the key take the key takeaway here is that he missed time because of injury. And for some reason, whatever reason this year, injury played a really significant role in the projections and the draft positions on a lot of guys. Trice was one of those players. If he's healthy and he's available. I think that he could be a really impactful rotational piece to the secondary. Um, But at the very least, like for the value that he was selected on day three, if he's just a special teamer, that's a great get. But again, the concern here is his full availability. How much does the injury linger? 
uh, how often yeah. is he going to be injured in his time with the Steelers? And just as we do know, guys that are hurt in college, sometimes that does translate, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But luckily, it was for uh, a relatively low risk. That's great. Um, Dustin was asking about not only Trice, but my opinion of Nick Herbig being drafted. And tell Steeler Nation why Nick Herbig was drafted outside of his brother coming in as a free agent for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year as well. Yeah, I feel like Herbig, like I was saying earlier with with Ben and Porter, he really feels like he brings that mentality of being a Pittsburgh Steeler to the way that he plays the game. Now he's an undersized rusher. He is not going to be a full-time starter just because he is an outlier physically to be a full-time rusher, but he does have a good skill set. He does have a good pass rush move arsenal. He's well coached coming from a football program at Wisconsin that coaches edge rushers very, very well. And Jim Leonard is a great defensive coordinator that, You'll hear it from Keanu Ben. He said it on my show when we had him on that his impact on his development and everybody's development was massive. So you know that he is at least going to be really uh, technically sound. He's going to make the right decisions on the football field. And I also think he's somebody who will be impactful on special teams as well early on. Good point. Which is is how you're going to want to get him in into the rotation if he's not stepping into that pass rush rotation of guys. But he can move. He is an undersized edge rusher, but he moves well in space. So, again, I think that this is a, a versatile piece as a stand-up rusher that could play a little bit off ball. Nice. Uh, my cat has joined the show. This is Lexi. She is a <laughs> uh, Bengals fan. This is actually her room. Oh. <laughs> I know uh, Brian was asking. I'm, I'm bundled up, and it looks like I'm freezing in my li- living room. I'm in the basement. It's actually not that cold. <laughs> I'm having a bad hair day. I had to wash my hair after hockey which ended at after midnight last night when I got home. And now I have this worst bedhead ever because of, <laughs> it, it just never fixed. So I'm just wearing a hat today. Uh, but aside from that, there is one player that we haven't touched base on yet. That was an earlier pick. Uh, a, probably at, at least uh, draft experts are at least saying this is probably the only pick that the Steelers kind of like um, might've drafted early. Whereas everybody else kind of fell into their lap aside from being aggressive and going up to grab Broderick Jones. Um, Keanu Benton was taken as the second pick in the second round. Uh, big player, big yep. nose. It looks like it's going to translate to being a nose tackle here. Uh, speak to us about why he was drafted or why he should have been drafted in the second round and how his talent would translate to being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, I don't think this was a reach at all. I actually would have gone to as far to say that Keanu Benton could have been in consideration for a number of teams in the late part of the first round. There was very significant interest by a lot of teams for Keanu Benton. I know that his role at Wisconsin was playing nose tackle, Mm -hmm. but I actually would go as far as to say he might be able to play that Stefan Tuitt role that we saw Stefan Tuitt do so well. I think there's a lot of similarities in their physical profiles. I know that Tuitt was a little bit taller, but Benton is not just a space eater he's not a guy just a guy that just takes up space he's got some pretty good power he's got good flexibility uh he takes on blocks really well but he's got some pass rush upside and i think at the very least if that is what he is is a multi-down nose tackle that doesn't come off the field that can rush the passer Mm. if you can get him playing at some of these other shades along the defensive line he's got the ability to do it he can move well enough to do it i think we're so used to seeing nose tackles just being these massive bodies that can't really get around much but just take up space kind of like Vita Vea I don't think that's that's Keanu Benton and I I really wouldn't be stunned if if he has a higher impact for for me honestly those that think that this pick was a reach I don't think really see the full scope of what Benton's Hmm. capabilities are so this to me was one of my favorite favorite picks of the draft that's great and the last draft pick that we haven't touched base on um I'm from the Maryland area I'm at least familiar with Spencer Anderson uh, being drafted, but I, I thought it was an excellent value pick, which is tends to be the highlight of what the Philadelphia Eagles had been doing underneath of Andy Wydell before he came over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that is late round draft picks hmm. sell out on linemen and de- defense uh, for to, to project them and maybe make them special teams players and develop them into being possible contributors down the line. But tell Steeler fans who Spencer Anderson is as a football player and what they can expect to see out of him. Yeah, admittedly, one of the less exciting prospects uh, from from draft day. I think everyone we talked about before him, uh, I was juiced up about. And 
I admittedly gave this draft class an A when I did my final grades, and they were one of the few teams that I did give an A to. Um, again, though, this the Anderson was one of the less exciting picks, I think, amongst this grouping. I think he's a fine football player, and I think for what you described when you do get on to day three, uh, approaching depth, I think, is always the best strategy. I, I almost feel like sometimes teams get caught in the trap of let's go after the guys with the most upside. And when you don't have a significant amount of picks, that doesn't always benefit your draft strategy. And for the Steelers' sake, again, attacking depth, this is exactly what he's going to provide. He's going to provide you good, strong depth that if you need him to step in and contribute, he absolutely can. Nice. Um, I know we've got a couple minor questions here too. Brian Davis asked, uh, do you think Darnell's unique size and ability can get him on the field this season or wait a year type of player? Uh, how, how bad is his injury right now? I mean, his injury obviously is a reason why he dropped in the draft and, and a lot of teams are worried about his knee. I guess it came out, there was some swelling and then right. um, Darnell reported there was no swelling. I don't know what the issue is. Um, but he did fall in, in the draft for one reason or another. I don't know if you're up on that information, but we'd like to hear what you have to say about it. Admittedly, I, I'm not caught up with the injury stuff. The mm-hmm. Just a lot of these later guys, it's there's just so much information that's swirling out there. But it, I, for some reason, this reminds me of what happened um, with, oh my God, I'm completely blanking on his name. But a couple of years ago, the Browns drafted a linebacker in the second round from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. who I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Similar type circumstance, though, where he had a, a, a knee injury that was old, and for whatever reason, it was a, a lingering issue during his projection. So I, I feel like a lot of times these teams overanalyze the injury stuff. Maybe that was why he did fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he necessarily cracks the rotation, though. I think that if you're going to get significant impact and snaps, it's going to come from those first four picks compared to the day three guys. Nice. So we've gone over the draft. Thank you so much, at least for doing that aspect. I know we picked up a lot of people in undrafted free agency. You know, I don't expect you to know everybody. Not everybody knows 500 people deep in most <laughs> NFL <laughs> drafts. I know you you do your due diligence. But can you speak at least to any of the Steelers undrafted rookie free agents that you're aware of um, and if the Steelers uh, fans should be excited about them? Yeah, as we were chatting before the show, uh, for, for the most part, these UDFAs, most of them aren't going to make the roster. They're mostly just going to be camp bodies. But I think it's interesting to pay attention to BT Potter. Uh, I, I've been around BT Potter before, back in my days when I was a long snapper. Um, oh, yeah, nice. And he he is a, a very historic kicker in his time at Clemson. He is a very consistent player. And I'm actually surprised that a guy like him wasn't drafted. I think a lot of times the NFL is really bad at drafting specialists. I think that they get caught up on the guys with the big leg and they think that, oh, this guy's going to figure it out, but it's not the same as other positions. I want the guys that are the most consistent. I want the guys mm-hmm. that step in high pressure situations and that can kick the ball through the uprights when every ounce of pressure is on their shoulders. And BT Potter has shown that ability game in and game out in his time at Clemson, playing at the highest level in the ACC at the best program, playing in national championship games, played yeah. as a true freshman, I believe, or a redshirt freshman. I really wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make this roster uh, and, and is your guys' starting kicker or makes another roster somewhere because he is that good of a football player. And I also – I'll go as far to say I wouldn't be shocked if B.T. Potter makes the roster uh, over some of these other guys that were drafted in this draft class. So I, wow. I think that he is definitely one of the, the more undervalued UDFAs, which kind of tends to be the case with, with, uh, with specialists. Well, Joe – Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know your time is precious. I know you're jumping on other podcasts everywhere. (laughs) Tell Steeler Nation how we can follow you, where we can see your podcast, and and, uh, any other information you have for us on the social media side. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate uh, getting this opportunity to join the show and talk a little bit about the Steelers. Thankfully, I I was really excited about this Steelers draft class, and I wasn't (laughs) uh, (laughs) making anyone too upset in the comments, but... No. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and uh, at the first team pod on Twitter. Uh, my show with Ryan Roberts and Matt Sims, uh, if anyone wants to check that out. And then also Believe Network on uh, Twitter and on YouTube to find uh, my show as well as uh, tons of other fantastic shows. Yeah, Ike Taylor as well. We've had him on in the past, a bunch of people. I know Cam does a great job of sharing yeah. people to come over and visit from the Believe Network. And we're very happy to have them every time they pop on. So. Thank you once again, Joe DeLeon, 
draft analyst from the Believe Network. We hope to see you again soon. Maybe we can make this a yearly thing here, Joe. And of course. wish you nothing but luck and success, my friend. Thanks so much. Enjoy no the rest problem. of the show. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's it, Steeler Nation. We're out. No, we're not done with the show. We still have time. We got time to ask questions. I'm drinking scotch. We're going to hang out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> drinking scotch a la with trey essex who got me wrecked day one of the draft show which i was not expecting at all uh miles asked me a question i started a bunch of your questions when we were going through guys i, I had to make sure that that joey's time he had to stick to 20 minutes so had to make sure that his time was set and and that he did a phenomenal job at least of letting us know what was going on with the draft from an outside perspective he's not a Steeler fan he's a draft analyst he loved the Steeler draft loved it so Miles is asking, so Stryker, what are your thoughts after the draft? Still high on every single pick? Did, do, did you do any research on Nick Herbig and our seventh rounders? Yes, I did. I did I did significant research, and I can even touch base on a couple things that um, uh, Joe didn't really get to on, on a couple things. I love the picks. I, I thought we had insane value on everybody but Keanu Benton, though – Joe just told me striker shut up. I, I, I had him late, listed as a late first round guy, possibly early second. We got him at the end of the second. So that's the, the, the signature of this draft was value. Each and every spot we grabbed value. We, we did have to be aggressive to move up to get that offensive tackle that we needed to protect our franchise quarterback. Smart move. Second best tackle on his board. We got him. Joey Porter Jr. fell into our laps. Second best tackle on Joe's board. We got him. Best nose tackle on his board fell to us. Best tight end on his board fell to us two rounds later. I mean, value. Nick Herbig. Nick Herbig would have been drafted even if his brother didn't come to our team. Watch his film. He looks like Joey Porter. Or Sorry, he looks like TJ Watt. A couple of you guys have been mentioning that too uh, in your comments as we've been going down through. And it's because... TJ Watt actually went in and coached him up. Former Badger went for with some constant days, showed him a couple things. You see how quickly he gets off the line of scrimmage. That is TJ Watt coaching. You see his bend when he comes around lineman to get to the quarterback. That is TJ Watt coaching and how fast he is getting off the line of scrimmage. I'm excited to see how he's going to fit in, you know, inside linebacker. I don't know if he's big enough to play there, but to me, his film looks as good, if not better, than Highsmith's film coming out of college. Loved his bend, loved his speed, loved his quick off the line of scrimmage as well. When you're fast off the line of scrimmage, you are difficult to block in the NFL. So that's some, one thing that I loved seeing out of this draft. Thanks, Miles. I appreciate that. Um, if I had to grade the Steelers draft, A++++. Loved this draft. Absolutely loved it. I'll, I'll touch base on the lower players because you, you got a couple more questions here down through that I want to grab to that do pertain to some of those other players. Brian Davis, love the hat striker. Thank you. This is an old find. Uh, I used to be a Cleveland Brown season ticket holder before I got my Pittsburgh Steelers season tickets because you could just call up Cleveland Brown. Hey, I want 50 yard line season tickets. Sure, sure. Where do you want? Okay, where do you want? Here it goes. It's this much. 400 bucks. There you go. All right, cool. Be there once a year. Sold the other nine tickets, but sitting there in a parking lot, got this hat. Somebody was walking through the parking lot in Cleveland with big seven Ben hats. Being a Miami of Ohio guy, bought it off of somebody for five bucks. What best find, you know, sometimes you find some of those finds and they're just worth it. I, I got a mug like this size also that had the Steeler um, logo like etched on it. For 10 bucks, I think I bought like five of them from the guy because I used them as Christmas presents the one year. Like you never know where you're going to find when people are walking through parking lots on game day for the uh, through tailgates, just selling their wares. Sometimes they're making some pretty cool stuff. And that's where I got this hat. You got the story of the hat, Brian Davis. <laughs> uh, Robert, how you doing, my friend? <clears throat> Guess you can see I voiced the text again to you above typos. It's fine, man. Just asking uh, what, what uh, physical freak could be drafted so low uh, and be just as injury point. He fell so far. Yes, that is Trice. And you did mention that you're talking about Trice in your earlier uh, comment. Uh, yeah, Trice fell because he was injured. That's you do not get six foot three, 200 pound corners that can run a four, four outside of the first round without a major issue. His was health. 
Joe was mentioning that the health is something that you can, you know, talk about, but does not know if that's going to translate to making him a, a player like a guy like Golston, Sanquez Golston that we drafted in the second round had no health issues whatsoever in college, not a single injury in college, got to the pros, got injured every single year, never played a down for the Pittsburgh Steelers was on three years was on injured reserve, never played it down for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was heartbreaking to see him get injured. And like first day of camp, second day of camp, two years in a row, stunted his growth, never made it back. And of course, never played in the league again, unfortunately. Um, but this, this is the opposite injured player, all the talent in the world on a potential player that doesn't have to start this year too, Robert. Like we can throw him on the practice squad. We, we don't, he doesn't even need to be rostered. If he makes the roster, that's great. This seventh round is where you're trying to build talent. Does not have to contribute this year. Hopefully can contribute down the line. And if he becomes a starter opposite of Joey Porter Jr. at that size and length and reach, look out. This is the drafting that the Steelers are trying to do to compete against Cincinnati Bengals who roster eight wide receivers. They roster eight. We roster five. Five or six max. They roster eight wide receivers. This is how you defend against those wide receivers. Big cover corners. Pat P is going to help out next two years. And that means that Trice is going to be on, under contract after Pat P leaves if he's still playing with us for two years, which is a great thing to have. Absolutely great thing to have. Next question. Uh, again, from Robert, will Omar continue his tradition of picking up talented veteran players from other teams after the final cutdown and before the first game of the season? Uh, we'll have to see. There aren't any holes, Robert. There there really aren't. I mean, we're going to get another quarterback. That's There's still only three quarterbacks on this roster. Uh, the other one was the, uh, uh, the quarterback out of University of Minnesota, Tanner Morgan. We picked him up as an undrafted rookie free agent right after the draft on day three. Um, we're still waiting on that fourth quarterback. I don't know if we are waiting for the XFL to end. Specifically, the DC defenders, they have a quarterback that's playing excellent football. And that is in the championship game, playing for a championship game in two weeks. We cannot pick anybody up from that team until they are done with their championship. You can pick up the other people that are eliminated right now. But right now, I think they have their, their eyes set on a specific quarterback from the DC defenders. So if you guys want to get an inside track on who the Steelers might be picking up, check out the XFL championship game, not this weekend, but the following weekend to see how he does and how he might make the Pittsburgh Steelers better. Miles. Honestly, at this point, I don't know if you guys agree, but the amount of football players from Georgia turns out to the NFL each year should have made the, and them an NFL team, right? Yeah, the 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 NFL Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> they could they could probably beat the Atlanta Falcons for God's sakes. They definitely could have beat them last year's Atlanta Falcons team, no problem. And if some of you old folks, old uh, heads remember, the Super Bowl champion used to play the NCAA champion in a exhibition game each year before the regular season started. Two Pittsburgh Steelers championship teams played some college teams. So it doesn't happen anymore. It, I mean, now they'd be killing college players. But back then, the games were actually a little closer. So and thanks, too, for the inside information here, Brian Davis, about Washington. Uh, he read You read that it was a broken ankle from high school and concerns everyone because it has been a reoccurring issue. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate that inside information. Fortunately, we have the UMB, UMPC, <laughs> not not the UMBC that I'm wearing right here on my uh, my jersey uh, for the University of, of Medicine Pittsburgh. Um, uh, so uh, they are the best kinesiologists in the world. Everybody in the in professional sports sends their injured athletes to UPMC, and in the world, big soccer players will fly in for some certain. Uh, injuries to get repaired during the UPMC system. It's a great thing to have right at home. We will do our, we, we will do our due diligence to make sure that is repaired, looked at scrutinized in the best ways possible, better than any other team in the NFL can do. So we will give him the ability to be the best he can be. And the best part is Brian, he doesn't have to start this year. We got Moose. We got Gentry. Gentry's on a one-year contract. 
we can develop him this year. If he's not in, if he's a little bit injured, he can rest. Take some time, develop, because you're going to be our number two moving forward after Gentry leaves. Next question's coming down. I thought I marked some of these. Oh, I think I got past the marking point. Oh, here we go. Brian Davis as well. Another one. Oh, yeah, that was it. Okay, now we're back into the stuff, too. Uh, Ian, your question, will Herbig be a rotation for the front seven? Uh, possibility, but in his rookie year, I expect him to be a special teams player exclusively. His ability to tackle, his speed, I think he can do some work out there on the field. Robert, did the Steelers just fill 87 of the 90 positions and, as usual, leave two or three positions open at this point? Yes. Yes, they did. And my opinion, what I, what I just talked about there earlier, they're waiting for the XFL to end. They're going to offer a couple of contracts there or possibly what you've been talking about as well, bringing in one of those uh, veteran free agents that has not signed to another team to possibly bolster this team. Maybe a vet running back, maybe another vet. Well, I don't think vet linebacker now, just because we added Herbig, there isn't a whole lot of spot space now, but Miles Jack is a possibility. You talked about him on draft day as well. Could happen. <laughs> yep, that could happen as well. <laughs> the Athens team. Who's the backup punter and how good are his chances? Uh, told you on draft day, we actually picked up the NFL punter from the New York Jets, uh, Braden Mann. Uh, I think he led in net yardage last year. Uh, also picked up, uh, a punter from the NFL or, or from, um, oh, no, no, we didn't pick up a punter yet in uh, after rookie free agency. But Brandon Mann was claimed off of waivers. So if we cut him, there's no dead cap. Doesn't hurt us at all. Uh, but he's an NFL punter with a better net than Presley Harvin III. This is going to be an actual competition this year, Robert, for starting punter. So if Presley cannot beat out Brandon Mann, Brandon Mann will be our next punter. Ian, I think we got to steal with Washington, physical tight end, physical athletic tight end. This, this might be the steal of the draft. If we're talking about it two, three years from now, when he's making big plays down the seam for us, could be the absolute steal of the draft. Chow, chow, dad. Who are the best players that should have been drafted but weren't? Um, I'm not as good as a draft analyst to really make that assumption or to really know that. That would be a good question for Joe if he was here. Unfortunately, I don't have him on the show. Should have asked him for that one. But uh, that is, that's a Ben and Matt question. We'll have them on hopefully next time uh, for that one as well. Uh, Steelers' biggest punter is pointing here with Jordan Barry as a signed Barry photo in his bedroom and crew. And Barry is still much better punter than him and available. Barry was awesome. And I was so, and you saw what happened. Like we got, we got a, uh, we got a draft pick for Barry, I believe. Was that, or, or did we release him? No, we got a, a draft pick for Jordan wing way back when he was competing against Barry. <clears throat> and we had two good punters in training camp jets uh, giants gave us that uh, draft pick for wing, but I don't think we got a draft pick from Barry. I can't recall, but I loved him as a punter. Absolutely loved him. Almost had him on the show once had it lined up was all psyched to talk to him. And then he pulled it because he didn't have a good game. And then from then on, we couldn't get him back on the show, unfortunately, but I'm a big fan of punters, big fan of Jordan Barry. He's an NFL level punter and he will be on a team this year. I thought Herbig volunteered to punt. Nope. That's not happening. Nice. Oh, nice. Miles, how impactful were our undrafted free agents be? I wasn't able to stay during the show with my sister's wedding. I barely knew who we picked up. Well, I can go over them quickly, and I'm not going to lie. I don't know them well. I know that Joe just went over the kicker for us. Um, but let me get down here to the undrafted rookie free agent pickups that we picked up. Uh, Tanner Morgan, who I did talk about, the quarterback out of Minnesota, he will be impactful. Right now, we do not have a third quarterback. As we sit today, he's rostered and holding the clipboard on game day. Steelers are going to add another quarterback, whether it's an XFL quarterback or a vet. It's going to happen before training camp because we always go to camp with four. But he is impactful as we stand today. Uh, Jordan Bird, as a running back out of San Diego State University, looked up his stats. He is strictly a kick and punt returner. Little to no stats as a running back. So I expect him, but his stats as a kick and punt returner are incredible. I think he has like three kick return touchdowns or one last year as a kick returner. Um, 
great kick returner, kick returner and punt returner. So he's in the mix there, possibly making it. Uh, BT Potter, probably just a camp body. I don't think he's going to beat out uh, Boz. <clears throat> Monte Pettibaum being a fullback out of Iowa, and that was smart for the Steelers to pick up an undrafted fullback because that's where you're going to grab him now, Steeler Nation. Your long snappers, punters, kickers, fullbacks usually are going to be undrafted now because that's where their value is. So Pettibaum has a chance to compete possibly here with uh, Connor to see who's going to be the starting fullback. But definitely you need two fullbacks going into camp to run for multiple teams. Um, edge player David Perellis out of Fresno. I know nothing about David. Did not look up his stats. Uh, so I would be speculating if I gave you anything more. Same with James uh, uh, Nehemiah, a defensive lineman out of Merrimack. I know nothing about him. Or Trevor Downing, the center out of uh, Iowa State. But at least he is the only true pure center on the roster. Everybody else played some center. I know currently Cole is our center, but Cole was a guard that played center as well at certain times. He's he a center and a guard last uh, in previous inter, uh, previous teams in the NFL. Trevor Downing only knows center. So good to have a pure center on the team, maybe a developmental player, maybe a guy that can end up hanging out on the practice squad to develop to possibly be our next center, but I don't see him doing anything. He's not positional flexible. I don't think enough to make this roster just a camp body. So those are the guys at least that we went through and guys, thank you so much for, uh, for thanking Joe and having him on the show. Um, getting down through. There you go. Michael Hall. Sorry. We couldn't get our safe, my safety from Bama, but who knows? Maybe down the line we will. And that's always the option. That's why the Steelers do their due diligence, uh, to make all of these interviews, all of these connections. And uh, Tomlin said he made more connections this time in the draft process than he ever has. So he put in a lot of work as well as Omar Khan, as well as Andy Wydell. Uh, th this was a phenomenal draft from stem to stern. And you've got to give all of them kudos. And the, the positional coaches and all of our drafts, scouts, I mean, this was a phenomenal draft, at least on paper. And I'm hoping that these guys can contribute all. I mean, all of them look like they could possibly contribute to this team in one way, shape or form. And if they do, if we have the majority of them staying on this roster and rostered on game day, it was a great draft. It was an absolutely great draft. George, both Herbigs are willing to do whatever the team wants. Yeah. And I expect both of them to be playing some special teams. Both brothers on special teams and both of them be rostered on game day because his brother's a big boy and position flexible. So Nick and Nate on game day. Uh, Brian, I mean, got to get my emoji stretched. fine. <laughs> Brian, I need to call up Cleveland Browns said no Steeler fan ever. All right, right. <laughs> uh, Herbig's a giant compared to many, uh, to, to mini Bush. So what's your point about not being big, uh, big enough in the middle if he towers over bush um just to me it has to do with his his nfl size both of them were small in nfl size for being in an inside linebacker and for being an outside linebacker but he's athletic he rules a play i mean people said jack lambert was too small to play in the nfl people said james harrison was too small in the nfl it's not you know, I'm just saying things that i heard i'm not saying he can't play in the nfl i'm not saying he can't be a great player in the nfl Jack showed he could be Hall of Famer. Harrison showed he could be biggest play in, in uh, Super Bowl history. Guy should be a Hall of Famer. So, yes, I agree these guys can do it. It's just we have to wait and see. I don't know where the Steelers are going to plant them. Right now, initially, it seems like they want to use him as an edge player. Don't know if they're ever going to decide to bring him to bump him down inside to compete with the guys inside as well because I think there's a lot of competition to be had to be a starter inside on this NFL team just because we had so much turnover miles. We're going back to a physical football, baby. I really hope these corners we picked up just became insane. And, and this, these are new corners guys. Like this is a completely new way for us to draft corners. We were always getting the, the, the smaller corners that were fast. That was the Steelers MO for all corners. Now we got tall rangy corners in this draft, two of them, two tall rangy corners and Trice and JPJ. So I'm really interested to see how this draft mindset maybe being something particular that Andy Wydell sees because 
I'll tell you one thing. The fact that we can't develop cornerbacks, Philadelphia Eagles have zero problem developing cornerbacks. They always have great cornerbacks. Doesn't matter where they take them. They always end up with great corners. So I am excited to see if the Andy Widell Philadelphia Eagle influence is finally going to help the Pittsburgh Steelers develop great cornerbacks. That'd be absolutely phenomenal. Version two, right. What's this there, Brian Stryker? Why haven't you got on your cat? Got cat and escalator scratching, escalator scratching post. Uh, She's got just a standard, regular scratching post over in the corner that my friend made out of carpet. And she loves tearing that up. But uh, fortunately, she doesn't use me as a scratching post. She'll need me at night when she tries to go to sleep. So you got to have the blanket up high so you don't get freaking annihilated. Uh, Miles Stryker, I can honestly say the Steelers are Super Bowl bound. I'm excited. This is usually this is what happens to me this time of the year anyway, is I'm not as excited about the team, usually because free agency, we do nothing like this year. Free agency got me geeked just as geeked as free agency did last year, last year, ton of moves in free agency. We made just as many moves this year in free agency. I'll actually, I I kept spreadsheets on both years. Next podcast, I'll talk about which ones we did more moves. I mean, this is crazy how we've been making so many moves on free agency. But then this draft happens. And this is just, I mean, I'm always excited on draft day. I always enjoy draft day. But the moves that they made on this draft day and the players and value that we've all been talking about, a lot of these players, grabbing most of them later than we thought we would ever see them. And then starting to do the research on Trice, seeing that this guy had third round potential. Uh, Spencer Anderson being position flexible at all five positions. I mean, excellent, excellent value pickups where we grabbed them in the draft, making sure they would not go to undrafted free agency. And even the the league is talking about possibly extending the draft two more rounds. So to to help out with undrafted rookie free agency and to limit a lot of the, now what's starting to happen are teams are starting to throw a lot of money at undrafted rookie free agents that are getting paid more than people are drafted in the second, seventh round. And that is not fair equitably to players that are drafted in the seventh round. So if you extended two more rounds, you're going to take a lot more talent off the board, less onus for people trying to throw a lot of money or more money than they would normally throw at a seventh rounder to the eighth, ninth rounders now getting drafted, getting slotted in their salaries. So then you don't have to worry about 10th rounders, essentially being the undrafted rookie free agents, demanding more money than anybody drafted. Brian Davis, after picking up the Minnesota uh, cornerback as a comp, oh, camp arm, sorry, sorry, the quarterback, yes, undrafted rookie free agent quarterback as a camp arm, I think we will definitely reach for an XFL quarterback. Yeah, we got to pick somebody else up. I don't know which one's going to be the camp arm uh, and which one's going to make the team, but I expect more rotation than Chris Elodikin got last year. Chris Elodikin got zero rotation. He barely took snaps at all in, in, uh, in camp. And that sucked. It was bad for him, bad for his development. But fortunately, he won a ring with Kansas City, so he didn't have to worry about it too much. Brian, right after I type the question, you address it. Awesome. Great minds think alike. You got it, my friend. Always. <clears throat> Here we go, Robert. So, Stryker, I hope your answer about Trice means that he's not just like Justin Lane, a physical specimen who's not necessarily a great tackler or a great football player. Yeah, Trice is supposedly a better tackler. Um, Justin Lane's had flashes. He's had games where he has done well. He has had games where he's made mistakes. This is Justin Lane's. I mean, we brought him back. He was a free agent. We brought him back on a one-year contract. So we'll get to see these guys compete directly in training camp. One of them might make the team. One of them might get cut. So that'll be the camp competition that we'll be talking about when we start hitting July. Miles, if anyone's able to fix his injury issues, it's the Steelers medical team. Absolutely. Dark Storm, even the worst NFL team would beat the best college team, and it wouldn't even be close. Now it would be. In the 70s, it was actually close, Dark Storm. Go on YouTube, check out some uh, some of these college games. And I even if you check out Wikipedia, NFL versus college football games. Usually the Super Bowl champion had to play. I, I forget if it was college all-stars or if it was the college champion. I can't remember which one it was. Games were actually close. And some of those full games, you can watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play a full game against college kids. 
for two years in a row. And they were actually decent games over on YouTube. So uh, check that out. George Streis is a good physical corner and can tackle well. Love that, George. Thank you for the insight there, my friend. Oh, here we go, Brian. Fun fact, I was born at UPMC, McKeesport. That's great. That's that's how we have you here rooting for the Steelers, happy and healthy, because you're a happy, healthy baby boy from back then. That is great. Robert, Miles Worth NFL team with tryouts, the, the Georgia Bulldogs, so badly that it would be like when I watched the Steelers play all college, all stars, and the kids were logged away in stretchers for real. Yeah, they they did. They were physical games when they became physical at the end. You're right, Robert. College kids were getting whooped. We're getting whooped. Worst NFL team would trot would tout the best NFL college team. Injured Pope uh, score and would look like a baseball score, a basketball score. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Bring back Martavis. No, we're never bringing back Martavis Bryant. He's done. Uh, what do you think about us making a trade offer to the Ravens' third round pick next year for Patrick Queen since they didn't pick up his fifth year option? Use him at middle linebacker. No, I don't give the Ravens any draft capital personally. I do like Queen as a player. I thought when they drafted uh, Queen back on my draft show, I was upset. I was severely upset. Great value at the time when they picked him up. Um, they just don't want to pay the money to him. They they did the exact same thing to Mosley. Watch, they're doing all this. Like, I think um, Lamar Jackson is the first first rounder to get a con- a second contract as a first round player first round drafted player by the Ravens in like seven years so that's a really interesting thing to think about something's going on drafting wise where we always expect the Ravens to be so great drafting they're not retaining their first rounders and that's going to end up eating their talent from the inside and they're not going to be as good of a team oh what's this one I went to the last NFL game in history that the Super Bowl winners played uh, the college All-Stars, and it was right when I moved to Chicago, the Pittsburgh pouring rain Steelers against the All-Stars. And I thought that was the weather that made that game closer, but that was cool that you were actually there. Um, Hopefully you stayed (laughs) dry as you could. Uh, I think our secondary will be great still grabbing those interceptions. Kicker BT Potter going to get Boz a little work. I, I I think he can be good. I looked at his numbers. Percentage-wise, he's nowhere near Boz. Boz is nearly a, a, like a 90% kicker. High 80s. Uh, BT Potter, 70% kicker. 70 on the nose. Like, not the greatest percentage kicker. He can get better. He's got a good leg but we'll have to see what happens. Oh, another issue or, or thing I, I just remembered about that punter we picked up too. I know, Robert, you were asking about that punter, uh, Brandon Mann. Um, he's also a kickoff specialist. That might be another reason why he makes this team over um, Presley Harvin the third is because if he can kick off, that gives Boz another chance to rest and only worry about kicking field goals. And that would extend Boz's career as well because. He does have some issues sometimes on kickoffs. He'll kick one out of out of bounds. It seems like every eight games, um, it's got a kickoff specialist in there. Take that off his plate. Let him just mank kicks like he normally does. Brian Brown, Joe Burrow, frozen in carbonite, hanging on your wall would be an awesome piece of memorabilia. What do you think, Striker? <laughs> That's one way to get him to stop from beating us. I'll tell you that because right now they are our rival. Ravens are not our rival. Cincinnati is. We we can beat the Ravens. We can beat Cleveland. We got to find a way to how to beat Cincinnati again. I know we beat them week one, and I think we keep playing them physically. Now with these bigger corners, it's going to be a tougher out for them. And if we're getting guys back there two to three seconds, it's going to make Joe's day tough. We got great, great pass rushers. Hopefully, um, you know, we still have Roche on the roster. We we have we just added. Herbig to possibly coming off that that edge as well. Better than Reed, I'll tell you that. Fullback is short and a stout, wide body. That's how you build fullbacks. Man, that's that's definitely how you build fullbacks. Miles, well, yeah, they will be undrafted unless you are the 49ers. Then you would take a kicker with your first pick in the third round. Yeah, sometimes, well, hell, I, I mean, I can remember back when, uh, oh, gosh. 
the the Raiders took that picker in the kicker in the first round. Oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name? But yeah, I mean, sometimes somebody likes a kicker so much they're like, we got to grab him here, or they have so much of a need where they're they don't have a kicker on the roster, they don't have anybody that can make significant kicks for them. Then those are the teams that will draft kickers and draft them high. Look at the Steelers using fourth rounds on punters when we grabbed Sepulveda. That was a reach. I mean, he was a hell of a kicker, but the problem was kept kicking himself out of his plant leg. Too strong for his plant leg. And some people knew that going into that draft. We spent a fourth on him. Dark Storm. Speaking of quarterback, I wonder where Mason ends up. I'm kind of shocked that he's still unsigned. Well, I'm not shocked that he's unsigned yet, Dark Storm. This is now the time where other teams are going to start filling their rosters. He will be on an NFL roster. He will be competing in camp on a certain team. We just don't know what team it's going to be yet. But now that the draft is done, teams are going to start ramping up, filling out their 90-man rosters, and then they start doing it with free agents and XFL players as well. Ian, I think they can use Hayward Jr. in a multi-role fullback and tight end. I've thought that as well. Scat back as well. Maybe some running back. Maybe some slot receiver as well. He can. He's he's kind of like a utility knife, and he can do it all and do it all well. He's just a football player. I'm looking forward to seeing where they can find him to make plays because he's already a special teamer and he does that well as well as well. <laughs> Dog Storm, I predict three years. Malik Willis is brought in as a trial backup quarterback. That would be great. I'd, I'd be fine with bringing him back to the team. Right now, it sounds like they're starting to sour him on him after one year. He may be a free agent this year. Well, I don't know. that It's what happened to Dwayne Haskins, and that's the reason why we picked him up, why we gave him a contract. He, he cut a, a first-round number 15 pick after two years in the NFL. Heck, yeah, we'll, we'll throw a flyer on him. And honestly, if he didn't die in Florida, he'd be on this team. He would be our backup quarterback. We probably would never have grabbed Trubisky. So really, really tragic situation that happened there. He was doing better and better every preseason. I loved his development. I loved his command on the field and in and out of the huddle. He just did a phenomenal job. And we scored. It seemed like every time he was on the football field in preseason, we scored. It's because, of course, we had a first-round talent playing against third-round, fourth-round, or late-round picks in the draft when he's coming in the third, fourth quarter. But guy projected to be in a good player, and he, he's just a playmaker in the NFL. Uh, Brian Davis, Ian White, I really hope that they draw some special teams plays in the playbook for him. Definitely. Mags! Striker, do you think Keanu Benton is NFL ready or somewhat of a project at this time? Uh, Those big nose tackles, to me, they're just, they're like, they're like running backs. And certain wide receivers when they come come into the league. More so running backs and and, and nose tackles. Those guys see so much action in high school, in college. They're ready to play out of the box. If you hand them the football, they know what to do with it. Nose tackles, if you throw them on the field, they know how to take up space. They know how to be disruptive, and they know how to put people on the ground. That's why I love nose tackles being picked. And I did not expect us to use a second rounder on a nose tackle. That shows you what the Steelers think of this kid. That shows you the talent that this guy has. And I watched his film. I was surprised on how well he could also slice into the backfield on passing downs and be disruptive in the backfield. Got some good TFLs in this league. So we we showed some of his highlight film during the draft show. I, I expect him to be in the mix, and he's going to push one of those players off of the roster. Is it going to be Adams? The other nose tackle that we grabbed. Was, oh, oh we, also, we, got, we grabbed two in free agency. Wow. Because we got Fahoko from the, from the Chargers, and we also picked up um, Armin Watts from Chicago. So... Four guys right now that play nose tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two of them are going to be rostered. Two of them are probably going to be, one of them is probably going to be practice squad. And the other one's probably going to be uh, looking for some other place to land in the NFL. Chow, chow, dad. Training camp will be very interesting this year. Lots of upgrade potential in several spots with everyone vying for a position. This is going to be probably one of the most aggressive training camps in recent history. I mean, this you're right. You're 100% on. We were already deep, thanks to free agency, filling all the holes before the draft. Now the draft hits. We have more talent now at corner than we normally see. Linebacker than we normally see. Defensive line, going to be a lot of battles at defensive line. Wide receiver, we still have some going to have some good t- camp battles at, at some of those spots. 
especially with Miller coming back healthy this year, almost making the roster last year, training camp phenom last year before he got injured. Um, Austin, Austin, the third reason why we didn't draft wide receivers, but we still picked up Allen Robinson to be a big slot and to back up the other two outside spots because he played it all in the NFL. When he was playing, making plays with Chicago for Trubisky, he was making those plays out of the slot. And like a lot of Trubisky's highlights were Robinson catch highlights over the middle. I love the way he gets that ball. Huge catch radius. Great hands on it, Robinson. Absolutely love Robinson. So glad to have him on the team. Michael Hall, is it true? AB signed with Baltimore. If that's the case, the AFC North might as well be between Cincy and us. I hope he does. He has not. It has not happened yet. He mentioned it. He threw something out. I mean, they how they didn't want his cousin there. They traded his cousin away. I don't expect them wanting to bring in an even worse locker room presence at Antonio Brown. Because to me, I already think Harbage has lost that locker room. He lost it last season. Nearly lost it all the way if he didn't bring back, if they didn't bring back Lamar Jackson. But if they start losing, that locker room's going to go upside down quick. They're going to split into factions. You're going to have the drafted players versus the uh, the, the hired guns head by um, Roquan Smith. It's, it's going to be a dogfight. It, it would be an absolute dogfight. And it, too bad we didn't get a chance to throw Antonio Brown, the, the, uh, the powder keg, into that locker room to create some more dissent because I would absolutely love it. I would. OBJ's been considered that as well at times, but it's more so just because he didn't get the ball. Uh, I don't think he's an outward presence to try to diminish anyone else's fun in the locker room, but he wants the ball. So interesting to see Cardinal standard. Nice. We got a Cardinals fan here on the show. Hopefully uh, we're going to regret not picking up Trenton Simpson. I think we like that on inside linebacker pick uh, Cardinal standard. You're probably that Cardinal standard, at least for high school or, um, or college. So welcome to the show. Yes. I mean, I, I projected him. We love those uh, Iowa Iowa uh, inside linebackers, hoping for him to be a good player. Uh, unfortunately, uh, did not make the roster. We picked up other guys so that you have to say, you know, is he better than Joey Porter Jr.? Is he better than Keanu? Because those are going to be how you compare him because that's about where he went. I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand where we went. To me, inside linebacker was more of a need. I expected it to pick up earlier. I thought Herbig was that fit for inside linebacker. Don't know if we're going to be using evident inside or outside. We have to wait until training camp till we know. George, Benton will start up at nose tackle but end up defensive end. I'd be happy with that. If he's position flexible like that, he might push Loudermilk off of the roster. Steelers are souring on Loudermilk for some reason. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So yeah, I'm so good. I, I know what you're saying before you even have to correct it, guys. Brian, the Steelers secondary needs to bring back the Willie Gay dance. Yeah, getting down on the ground. Well, with Joey Porter used to do that dance with him. Maybe Joey Porter Jr. can do that dance with somebody else on the sideline. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's weird. He's playing the same position that uh, that Gay used to play. Miles, Chris Lodigan, Super Bowl winner, most legendary Steeler ever, definitely. Uh, every time you bring him up, that always my automatic response. Nice. Coming down through your stuff a little quicker here because I see. Yep, Miles, that's why I said shame they played Roquan Smith before their own players. Like that, that was going to completely destroy that locker room. If they paid Roquan Smith and Lamar walked, that was going to be like the end of the Ravens era under Harbaugh. That would have ended it. Now they're still hanging on by a tail feather. <laughs> Brian. I remember the 80s Steelers would scrimmage against Pittsburgh Maulers at Westfield and Homestead PA. No charge for fans to watch. Wow, that is cool. That is very cool. I'm sure they probably can't do that stuff now, but that that is that would have been cool for fans to watch. Of course the Bengals can kiss it. <clears throat> Brian, I don't know. The Ravens have made some big steps on offense. Could be dangerous. They could be. Yep, Sebastian Janikowski. Thank you very much. That was the first round drafted kicker. Um, we used to always make jokes about him, uh, uh, roofie and a girl in a bar. That was his, uh, one of his things against him before he was drafted, came out when he was in college. Um, so like we always called him Rufikowski, but yes, thank you so much for, for bringing that memory, those memories back to me, Cardinal standard. I appreciate it. 
Uh, having her big over Malik Reed is so much more of an improvement. Reed literally did nothing. Unfortunately, Reed did not fit in our system at all. And we traded for him. We used a draft pick for him. Reason why we didn't have picks in the fifth and sixth. I think the fifth went for Reed. Mananga here, Mike. Welcome to the show, Yinzer. Good kickers are hard to come by. They score points. Boz has been a, an actual diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough. Uh, to him, him to be as productive, he's the most accurate kicker the Steelers have ever had by a mile. And been one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL, period. He's right up there with Tucker in accuracy. And now that his leg's gotten stronger, he's killing it over 50 yards as well. So, kickers. I can talk kickers all day. Jake Moody from Michigan is a beast of a kicker. Awesome. Brian Brown, bring back Mason. He should have been a Steelers starter last year. Steelers would have made the playoffs, I bet. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> That's one man's opinion. Yeah, meatball. Connor Hayward is a utility knight, but can play. Uh, can he Can he play like Trey Essex? Trey Essex forever undefeated. Oh, like throw the football? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> I think a reason why they stopped Super Bowl champ playing NCAA national champs was they did not want injuries to players for the draft. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's it, Ian. Uh, Steelers are definitely stepping into the stairway to seven. I feel it. Like, that's why I'm excited too, George. I think the way that we are now approaching free agency and the way that we are approaching the draft, the Steelers are building to compete for Lombardi's. And no excuses anymore. Time to go deep in the playoffs. Robert will hold us to it as well. I know that. <laughs> Brian Brown, I hope the Steelers' defense is so good that they only give up 16 points all year long. Average four picks, eight sacks, 10 tackles for a loss per game. All points str struggle to even get 100 yards. That sounds like me when I used to play Tech Mobile. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. NES play action football. I, used, I put up triple digits in NES play action football once because I always onside kicked it and could always get it back. Um, Brian Brown, I don't care if the Steelers only score 10 points a game as long as the appoint opponent can't score. That's it. They totally overpaid for OBJ. Complete agreement there. His his career is nearly, he's at the end of his career. Injuries are a part of his normal routine now. Missed a complete year last year. Did win a Super Bowl the previous year and had a good run there for the Rams before blowing out that knee. But he wasn't great with the Cleveland. Cleveland had a better quarterback. And... Baker. Baker threw a better ball than Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson does throw good jump balls, and he's a combative catcher. So it might might play to his will. Ian, I heard they might bring back Miles Jack as an extra inside linebacker help. That is a possibility. I'll say that 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 Timburo started that rumor, but it might be happening. 20-0, baby. Hell yeah. Souring on Loudermilk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> My show gets me. <laughs> Super Bowl, here we come. Due time. Janikowski is known to shank a kick from time to time, not worth a first rounder. Now, in retrospect, no kicker is worth a first rounder. None of them. Uh, running down through your stuff here quick. We're getting toward the end of the show. Uh, Mike, oh, see you next week, boss. Great show as always. Take care. Be safe. Salute, Capitan. Salute to you as well, Michael. Hall of Fame. Thank you for being a big part of our show. Uh, George, best case scenario, five eventual starters and two great depth pieces. Worst case, injuries show up three starters and depth pieces, depth piece or two. But still, that is an incredible draft. If you can get two starters, two to three starters out of, out of draft, it's a, considered an incredible draft. If two of them happen to be pro bowlers, that's an insane draft. If you get five starters out of draft, that's insane. Like that one draft we started up, we had five starters on the first day. A couple drafts ago. Kendrick Green started at center. Moore started on left tackle. Uh, Friar Moose started at tight end. Najee started at running back. And then we had Norwood starting at nickel corner in that game. We had five rookie starters in a game. Now, I mean, only uh, Moore is a starter so far yet. And of course, Najee and Friar Muth. So two starters, one of them a pro bowler already with Najee. Uh, we'll have to see if any of the others develop a little bit more. Chef uh, Mo up. I think it would serve us some good to bring back Miles Jack, especially for camp. Not a bad idea because those are the contracts you can get out of. If it's a one year, no signing bonus. OBJ gets in injured every year. Yep. Striker should be added to the scout team. Oh no. I, I'm an, I'm an analysis and you can't spell analysis without a N a L that's me. <laughs> Everybody has one. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> I don't fear OBJ. Yeah, I don't either. 
Peace out. See ya, George. Peace to you as well. Brian Brown, <clears throat> Striker, have you ever thought of giving your beard the OBJ treatment? Oh, like dyeing it up? I, I I used to dye it black a couple times here and back, here, here, there, and there. I'll, I could dye it again. It depends on what's going on. What are we doing with the Witherspoon? Right now, Witherspoon is competing to be a starter. Right now, it looks like uh, Witherspoon Wallace would be uh, competing to start as well as Joey Porter Jr. I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't expect Trice to be the starter. Never know how it's going to work out, but he's competing with Wallace. I think a lot of people right now are kind of leaning toward Wallace to be starting opposite of Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson will start. Good night, Dark Storm. Good night, fam. See you, Brian Brown. Quality starters, please. We don't want starters like Green was. Well, you never know. That's just a weird thing. Mags, 20. Thanks, Striker. You're always a fountain of black and gold wisdom. I try my best. <laughs> Thank you. Brian, good night, G-Man. Until the next time, may all your, your peas shoot straight. So far, so good. <laughs> well, that on that note, that is all the time we have on the Steeler Nation vidcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G-Striker. Make sure you come out. Check us out on the interwebs. SteelerNation.com. Guys, we are murdering it at SteelerNation.com. Our articles, we now have that app that all Android users can throw on their phones as well. So go on over to your Android store, the Google Play store. Grab the Steeler Nation app. Has everything on there. All the articles, insights. The football forum is on there as well. And the podcasts. Easy one-stop shop for everything Steeler Nation for you, Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com and the SteelerNation.com app. Be sure to follow Steeler Nation on Twitter at Steeler Nation, Instagram, Facebook at SteelerNation.com, or follow me, your humble host, at SN Striker, spelled with a Y. Why? Because I'm crazy. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. So until the next time, this has been the Steeler Nation Bitcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I am your humble host, rooting along with you as always. Go! Oh.